This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. question of where have all the cowboys gone? Well, when you think of the cowboy era in American history, there are a couple of names that immediately come to mind. There's outlaws, famous outlaws like uh, Billy the Kid, right? And there are famous lawmen like Wyatt Earp. I don't think there is a more famous Western lawman that represents that era of late 19th century America more more than Wyatt Earp. And someone who has studied uh, the life and times of Wyatt Earp has been Mark Warren. He's an educator and an author who's written a series of award-winning biographies on the life and times of uh, Wyatt Earp. Mark, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Glad to be with you, Frank. Mark, I I was researching um, a little bit about you in preparation for our interview did I read this correctly, that you actually teach people survivalist skills based on uh, skills that the Cherokee employ? Did I read that correctly? That's correct. That is wild. How did you get into doing that? Well, I think it comes from uh, just an innate love of the forest since I was a little boy. And that just grew as I got older. And the more that I studied the forest and wanted to understand it, uh, the more I understood that I needed to study the people who had once lived in it, this very land that I live in now in Georgia, but they had lived it very intimately, and on a daily basis, all of their needs came from the forest. So that's what fascinates me, is that today we think of the forest as a little bit of an unknown, I think most people do, and maybe foreign ground, and whereas it was the everyday venue of life on Earth. And wow. everything that's needed is still out there. That's, that's terrific. What sparked your interest in Wyatt Earp? You've clearly spent a great deal of time and uh, I would say years researching and writing about Wyatt Earp. What sparked your interest initially? Well, the first thing that happened was that I happened to pick up a book when I was seven years old and read it, and from that moment on, I was hooked. What I did not know was that the biography that I read was actually 
highly fictionalized, as were many biographies of the early 1900s, to give um, especially American youth somebody to look up to as a hero. So when I learned that the life of Wyatt Earp, as I had uh, discovered it in that book, when I learned that that was full of uh, untruths, I was just so curious to want to find out what this man really was like. He's one of those historical figures, almost like uh, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, George Washington, where uh, there there is a lot of fiction in their biographies. I'm wondering, why is that the case? I mean, Wyatt Earp's life is so uh, interesting and so impressive in its own right. Why have so many writers and film directors and uh, storytellers felt the need to add fictional elements to the life of somebody like Wyatt Earp? That's a very good question. I don't know that anybody could answer that perfectly, but it it was the trend of that time. That book that I mentioned to you came out in 1931. And at the time, every serious biographical writer was known to employ hyperbole and to really create little adventures in, in the lives that they were writing. Their main thrust was to sell books. And they felt like they could write in an unaccountable way that nobody could check them on the on the history lesson. And, of course, that can't be done today. Everybody's on top of the research, and so you can't get away with that. But that was just the trend in those days. All right. Um, a lot of folks know of Wyatt Earp through the cinematic portrayals of uh, terrific actors like uh, Kevin Costner. Bartender! My luck finally turned with those big stinking bastards. Westy all around! No thanks. Wait a second, mister. Link Borland's buying. So drink up. Thanks, but I got some coffee coming. I don't do well on whiskey. If you'd pay for my coffee, I'd be much obliged. Mister, I've been in a real bad mood for a couple of years, so why don't you leave me alone? Drop your gun belt and go away. Now, that picture, the Kevin Costner film, Wyatt Earp, which I enjoyed very much, I'm going to ask you about the accuracy of it in just a minute, um, that depicts the origins of Wyatt Earp's law enforcement career as uh, sort of something he fell into almost by accident after initially going down a wayward path and having some difficulty with the law early on. What can you tell us, Mark, about how Wyatt Earp actually got started as a lawman. Yeah, that uh, that take on his career as coming al- along with an accident is fiction. He, the first time that he took a job as a lawman was in Missouri. His father was already acting as a constable in the little town of Lamar. Now, we know that town today mainly because it's the birthplace of Harry Truman. But uh, his father wanted to uh, kind of slide over into another position and be justice of the peace. And he wrote to Wyatt to come to Lamar, Missouri, and he would rig it for him to become the the town constable using his influence. And so Wyatt came uh, all the way from Wyoming 
after working on the railroads, the Intercontinental Railroad project, and he went to Missouri to take that job. I mean, he wanted it because it's it looked like a little bit of security there. And then, um, obviously, I think a lot of people have heard about his time in Dodge City and in Tombstone. And uh, really, posthumously, I think his legend has grown much more than uh, when he was alive. Uh, He's been so associated with the gunfight at the OK Corral. What can you tell us, Mark, about what actually happened at the gunfight at the OK Corral? What was the deal there? Well, what's so interesting about it is why it came about. And you've not yet seen a movie that really explained this, unless you happen to see a real small movie that came out, uh, I guess it was back in the, probably the early 70s. It was called Doc. Uh, Stacy Keach played Doc Holliday. In oh, that. cool. This is the only movie to give a hint of why this gunfight actually started. And all the other movies leave this out because they don't want Wyatt Earp to be someone who affiliates with the bad side company, with the outlaws. The fact is Wyatt was famous for always using informants, and he was always keeping somebody uh, on a payroll in order to get him some inside information about outlaws. Which is the same sort of thing law enforcement does today, we see. Exactly. And and it was really a smart thing to do on his part. But in Tombstone, here's the way it panned out. Wyatt wanted very much to be the sheriff of the new county that formed there. It was going to be a very lucrative position, Cochise County in Arizona Territory. In order to get the, the votes to be sheriff, Wyatt knew that if he could capture these three outlaws who had just held up a stage and killed the driver, who was a popular man. If he could get those three outlaws, bring them to justice, he would cinch the votes for his sheriffship. So he uh, dealt with one of the most despicable characters in his whole life story, and that was a man named Ike Clanton. And Clanton agreed to betray his outlaw friends in order to keep the reward money. Now, when Ike Clanton, who was a real loudmouth and just bombastic type of fellow, when he started feeling that this was going to backfire on him, it, it, he suddenly became aware that it was going to uh, be the end of his life if his comrades found out that, that he had squealed on his three outlaw buddies. So he started having just delusions that Wyatt was telling people about it, which Wyatt never would do. Wyatt Earp kept his word. And basically, Clanton dug his own grave that way by being so loud about it. So now he had to be blustery and threatening to the Earps in order to appear to be uh, an enemy of the Earps and not someone who collaborated with him. So he started threatening the lives of the Earps, and he went on an all-night drunk and just running around town yelling to anybody that would listen to him how he was going to take care of the Earps. Well, Virgil Earp, Wyatt's older brother, was the town marshal, and he, he quieted Ike Clanton, told him to go to bed, that he was not paying much attention to him because he didn't take Ike seriously. But Ike kept at it all night, and the next day when um, some of his his comrades came into town. 
he just continued this kind of thing and and it all then exploded over just a dis- misdemeanor which was wow. these guys wanted to carry their guns and that was against the law in town and while carrying guns they were threatening the herps well virgil and his brothers gave these boys plenty of time to leave town but they wouldn't take that time and so Virgil said, as long as they're in the corral down there, meaning intending to leave town, I'll leave them alone. And one of the witnesses who had seen these outlaws talking down the street said, well, they're out in the street right now. They're not at the corral. So that's when Virgil and his brothers walked up there and the big event happened. It was all about carrying guns. But, of course, beneath that was this whole other story that was going on that most people didn't know. Now you alluded to his uh, Arizona, um, his attempt, his hope to be elected as a sheriff in Arizona. I know that he had served as a uh, legislator at in the Arizona Territory and ran for office a a few times throughout his life. What kind of a politician was Wyatt Earp? Did he associate with one political party or another? And uh, what's what were his uh, strengths and weakness, weaknesses, as best you can tell, on the campaign trail? Well, as a politician, he was aware of things, but he was very uh, inept at it because he didn't have the personality to be a politician. He was too straight ahead and direct. He couldn't play the games that politicians simply have to play in order to to uh, cover both sides of the debate with people so that they didn't uh, lose favor with the public. That just didn't suit Wyatt at all, but he still had these ambitions. He was a very, very ambitious person. And his reason for being so was that he simply wanted to make a lot of money and he wanted to be well thought of by the upper classes because he didn't come from that class. So as a politician, he was, I would say, a failed person. Hmm. Um, but, you know, really that kind of kind of underpins his the way we know him now as such a, a direct person a no-nonsense sure. person. We don't think of politicians that way at all. No, that's for sure. We're talking with Mark Warren. He has uh, written a series of award-winning biographies on the life and times of Wyatt Earp. We're going to tell you how you can get those in just a minute. You talked about that film Doc, where Stacy Keach plays Doc Holliday. There's been a whole bunch of films where um, the, the, the personalities of Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp intersect with one another, not only at the gunfight at the OK Corral, but just in general. What can you tell us about what actually happened? What sort of a relationship did Wyatt Earp have with this uh, gunslinging dentist, Doc Holliday? Well, it was one of the oddest pairings of anybody that we know of in the West because their personalities were so very different. Doc was a rather um, a wild card and flamboyant and a very hot temper and a drunkard. Wyatt didn't touch alcohol. He um, he was the flip side of everything I just said. But here's what happened. Uh, I believe that when they first met in Texas, and Wyatt was on a detective trip trying to find some some outlaws who had gone from Kansas down to Texas. Well, he was questioning people, and again, here's his informant side. And he was told that Doc Holliday could be someone who possibly could inform on these boys. So Wyatt approached him at a saloon, 
and simply wanted to find out if he had some information. And during that conversation, Doc was mostly interested in hearing about Dodge City. He was thinking about going there himself. But I think during that conversation, I think Doc Holliday um, saw the first little opening of the door of a, a kind of uh, emulation or admiration and possibly wishing he were like Wyatt or more. Uh, for Wyatt, I think it was the, the meeting meant practically nothing at all. But later in Dodge City, after Wyatt had returned, Doc Holliday comes there to live and he opens up his dental practice. And during that time, Wyatt had not even gone to visit him or see him. He had no real connections to him. But one night, a very odd thing happened. While Doc was in a saloon gambling, as he usually was at night, Wyatt was called to a disturbance where several Texans were taking advantage of somebody in a saloon and just being generally rowdy, as was the uh, usual case. This is why a peace officer was needed in those towns for the most part, because of the Texas drovers who came up from Texas to Kansas to find uh, a source for their cattle sales, meaning where the railheads were. Uh, that was a combination that was just explosive. Firearms, alcohol, young men who wanted to prove themselves, and three months on the trail of misery, and finally you get to this wide open town and you just want to celebrate. So Wyatt stepped into a situation. He usually handled things in a very physical way himself because he was bigger and stronger than most men, and he had a confidence like you wouldn't believe. He stepped into something that he couldn't handle for once. He was over. Uh, he was outnumbered. And people got the drop on him, and it looked like this was going to be the end of the story for Wyatt Earp. And for who knows what reason, Doc Holliday just stepped into this scenario with gun in hand and saved his life. Wow. And now, Wyatt Earp is the kind of guy that when you do something like that for him, he is going to be an unwavering friend to you, no matter what. And if anyone could be said to be... Wyatt Earp's, um, I would say, nemesis in terms of ambition, it was Doc Holliday, because the association with Doc Holliday hurt Wyatt. Interesting. But Wyatt would not turn his back on it. Doc wow. had saved his life, and so he was going to be a friend to Doc. That That is wild. Um, I could talk with you about this stuff all day. I have literally pages worth of questions. But um, what did prompt me to reach out to you is this is our first week airing in Alaska. A lot of people don't associate Wyatt Earp with Alaska, but he did go up there to be part of the Klondike Gold Rush. What can you tell us about Wyatt Earp's time in Alaska? Well, he was a tremendous opportunist in this sense. Um, he His words for this were that... When he would go to a mining town, he would mine the miners, meaning gambling. He knew that they were getting their wages, and there were a lot of people drawn to mining towns because this, there was a lot of money changing hands. And when the gold rush happened in Alaska, that, that it was inevitable that Wyatt was going to go there because he was a traveling man, and he loved to try to – found out what was over that next rainbow as far as how could he make money. And so uh, he probably had a, 
an intention in the back of his mind that he was going to do prospecting because he loved prospecting. He just loved, like he loved gambling. He just liked that unknown idea of how success can suddenly come to you in one fell swoop. So he uh, traveled up there probably with the intention of starting some mining, but what he did was what he did best, which was to open a saloon. And he made a lot of money Hmm. doing that. Mark, if people are interested in learning about Wyatt Earp, what is the best book of yours to start with, and how should people get it? Well, my three books on Wyatt Earp are based on the best research that's been done in America by uh, a cadre of researchers who are friends of mine who have just done wonderful work. Um, What I've done is to take all of their work, and I've gone out to the places where things happened in Wyatt Earp's life with these uh, researchers. And so I have a close relationship with them. And my job in all this has been I wanted to write the story that involved the real conversations and the feelings and the painting of the scenery uh, rather than just giving the facts. So my work is in the genre of historical fiction because I've added those conversations Mm. as if I've heard them. And and in fact, no one has. But my study of his life has helped me to write these in such a way that I feel this is the way it happened, even though I cannot prove it word for word. The first book of mine is called A Law Unto Himself. I'm sorry, that's the last one. First one is um, The Long Road to Legend. And uh, it tells about his formative years. And the second book is Born to the Badge, where Wyatt finally has to settle with the fact that he is, the best thing that he does is to handle men. And so he's a, he really excels at being a peace officer, and even though he really doesn't necessarily want to make a career of that. And, and Mark, how do people get it? What's the best way for them to do it, Amazon or some other method? Oh, any bookstore, any, anywhere. If they don't have it, they can order it. And finally, Mark, uh, if, gun to your head, keeping in mind what you said, that there has not been a great, um, tr- uh, accurate cinematic portrayal of Wyatt Earp. If mm-hmm. you had to pick your favorite cinematic portrayal of Wyatt Earp, what would it be? Portrayal of the man himself, uh, I have to go with Kevin Costner because um, Costner's delivery of the persona of Wyatt and the personality of Wyatt was probably closer than any other actor uh, has ever done it. And the irony there is that's probably why that movie didn't do so well. Interesting, interesting. Uh, The movie Tombstone, which everybody loved, and Kurt Russell did a a great entertaining job there. I don't feel that Kurt Russell had that personality nailed uh, at all. Mark, thank but you. He did. He made a very uh, likable character. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to talking again soon. And thank you very much and, for having me. And speaking of Tombstone, we'll leave you with this bit of Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. Something on your mind? Just want to let you know you're sitting in my chair. <laughs> Is that a fact? Yeah, it's a fact. Well, for a man that don't go healed, you run your mouth kind of reckless, don't you? No need to go healed to get the bulge on a tub like you. Is that a fact? Hmm. That's a fact. Well, I'm real scared. Damn right you're scared. 
I can see that in your eyes. All right, man, go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, mister, I'm, I'm getting awful tired of your... I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. I said throw down, boy. Oh! something or just stand there and bleed the other side of midnight, midnight.